Established in 1929, and our ancestors were suffragists who fought to change the world for a better life for women. So we proudly still keep up the fight and campaign to help improve the lives of women. If you want to find more about us, please go to our website, which is www.the-tg.com. Talking Townswomen. Today I'm joined by Steph and Helena. Hello Steph. Good morning, I'm Steph Shackley. I'm chairman of the Rotherham District Townswomen's Guild. We've got five girls. We meet in South Yorkshire and good morning to everybody. Good morning, it's nice to hear you. I hope you've got a lovely sunny day there. We have here. We had it was beautiful when we started, but now they it's clouded <laughs> over. But never mind, it's not raining. Oh, that's good. How about you, Helena? It's beautiful weather here today, Beryl. Excellent. I was just wondering where Helena was, in which part of the country? Um, I live in a little village called Kimber. Nice. Um, in South Staffordshire. Of course, um, yes. Right in the middle of the countryside. Brilliant, thank you. Now today we're going to be talking about travel. Of course, the reason we're doing it like this today is we're not allowed to travel at the moment. And that's what we're going to talk about from our favourite travel memories to how our travel plans have been affected this year to future bucket list trips and all that's in between. So what's your first memory of travelling, Steph? My first trip abroad. I mean, I remember lots of trips to the seaside with grandparents and my parents staying in a caravan. But my first trip abroad was an exchange visit with my school to France. And I had corresponded with this girl for a a couple of years. And I went over to meet her. And it it was on the sort of German border in Alsace. And the family were wonderful. They made me really, really welcome. But as two girls, we were a bit like chalk and cheese. So it was quite a difficult three weeks. Fortunately, she had two older sisters. And one day I made them laugh because we all got into the car and we travelled over to Germany. And we had tea and cakes and then we went shopping and everything was fine. And we got back in the car and we came back. And of course, this was in the days when you had to go through the customs and the car was stopped and lots of questions were asked, and they were getting a bit agitated, the three girls. Anyway, he came to me, and of course, I hadn't got a clue what he was saying, so I just said, passport, and uh, he started laughing, the man, and he waved us through. And I never thought any more about it until we got home, and then these girls proceeded to get undressed, and they'd got layers and layers and layers of clothes right down to their underwear, that they'd bought in Germany because it was so much cheaper. And so they were really, really grateful to me, you see, because I'd stopped the man sort of searching the car. (laughs) So that was my first trip abroad. Oh, my goodness. And it was hilarious, but a very, very interesting three weeks. 
What what about you, Helena? What's your first memory of going on a journey or travelling? I can remember um, lots of little trips around the country when we were younger and oh, yeah. going to small yeah. holiday mm. homes and things like that. But my first memory right. of travelling abroad um, yeah. was to Malta. Wow. I think I was five. Um, I don't remember too much about it other than the pretty boats in the harbour. Um, and it did actually rain quite a lot while we were there, but that was our, our first family trip. That's brilliant. Um, flying abroad that I can remember. I'm quite fortunate to fly from such a young age. Wow. Yeah. Yes. My dad was in the motor trade, and so as far back as I can remember, we always had a car. And my first memory is going from where we were in Sussex to Devon on holiday. And I must have only been two or three because I remember sitting on the running board of the car. Um, and Helena is far too young to know about running boards on cars. Well, on old-fashioned cars, underneath the doors, you had like a shelf. It was like a step. And I remember sitting on there having my breakfast because the roads weren't like now. And we used to leave about three o'clock in the morning to go there. So that's my first memory. And the second memory is, again, because we were in the South, it was easy to go abroad. And again, I, I was three or four, and we went on a ferry from Calais. And in those days, the wagon lee for the, the trains going through to Paris, they used to put the carriages onto the ferry. So when we got on the ferry, we had to step over the train tracks, which were inside the ferry. And I remember crying because I thought we were going to get run over by a train. And I remember my mum slapping me and saying, don't be so stupid. <laughs> but I must have been very little because it, it seemed a very big step to have to climb over this train track. Well, I think you two <laughs> so are it's very, very lucky. Yeah, well, we in the north, you see, are obviously quite poor. We Lucky people in the I south think it was the proximity. Well, I, yeah, but I had my secret weapon because my mum is, is, is foreign. Oh, you see. And so... Just keep going, Beryl. I'm feeling more she was and my more secret deprived weapon. up here. Poor northerners, us. Oh! <laughs> 14 before I got the broad. 14. 14. Yes, 14. But it was far more difficult because you didn't have... Things like the A1 or, well, you know, you had the A1 full of roundabouts. You didn't have the M1 no. to get further south. We were very close. I lived 10 miles from Gatwick Airport and not far at all to, to drive down to Dover. Lucky. My mum was Austrian and so we have family right the way across Europe. So we could go family visiting. That's good. It was good. Yes. And what about favourite sort of holidays? What about you, Helena? What If you could choose any sort of holiday, what would you we try and do lots of different types of holidays. We're not ones to just sit on a beach for two weeks. You know, I could do that for a couple of days and then I like to explore. So we try to go on holidays where we get a good mixture of relaxing and exploring. We've only ever stayed in an all-inclusive for a few days as part of another trip, you know, as part of a bigger bigger yeah. trip. And I much prefer somewhere where we can see the culture, see, you know, how different people live and see try all the different foods so yeah we our holidays tend to be like mixed type holidays really of that sort of thing cities and then a trip to the coast at the same time or something like that so where we can see lots of different things at once so very varied really yeah i think so yeah i think you know i i just can't sit still enough longer that's the thing beryl i don't i can't sit down for a week <laughs> uh, but how much is that from your geography teacher father all of it yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of it. You know, I, I like to sit, I, I sit on a sun lounger for a few hours and enjoy a good book and then I have to go and look at something and ponder around. Yeah, I'm just the same. What about you, Steph? What sort of holidays do you really like? I love all holidays, but I'm with Helena. I, it's, I've got to learn something or see something, experience something different. I have, when I was working, we always used to go away for two weeks at Easter and we used to have this idea that we'd tag on to the end of it. Uh, we'd go somewhere cultural and then we'd have a few days lying at a beach. Yeah. And after a day, we're bored to tears. You know, we've got to find something to do. So I like, yeah. I like city breaks. I like, I'm very interested in Roman architecture. So I like to go to places that the Romans have been. You know, amphitheatres, mosaics, things like that. Um, We have been very lucky because we've been travelling for about 40 years. I might have been a slow starter, but since then I've really made up for it. And I love being on holiday. I love the thought of going. I like the planning, the reading of the guidebooks before you go, looking for places to eat, places to visit. So I think it's not just the sort of time you're actually there, but it's all the build-up to it. I really, really enjoy that. And I'm missing it very much Mm. at the moment. I agree. I thought that was just Mm. me because I like, um, I always have a holiday once a year, totally by myself. And I plan it in the greatest detail. And I thought that was just the teacher in me coming out. And it's obviously well, it not. Might be. Uh, because I actually like traveling alone. Oh, well, you've been in, you've got an education background as well, Steph. So that's probably where it is. Well, I don't know. It's just the whole build up, isn't it? Even down to what I'm going to put in my suitcase. Yes, it is. You know, I just, the yeah. only thing I'm not good at, but I'm much better now that the internet is more readily available. I remember we, we went on a holiday to Libya and it was fascinating was Libya. It was also one of the cheapest holidays I've ever been on because there is no alcohol at all. So whereas you'd go for a meal and, and you'd have a bottle of wine, it was like a two litre bottle of water. Because you couldn't fly direct, we had to go via Istanbul. And I'd really been looking forward to having so many days in Istanbul after we'd been to Libya. And of course, I never checked out the weather forecast or anything like that. And I have an assumption that if you get out of England, it's always hot. So it was red hot in Libya. That was great. (laughs) And then we got to Istanbul and people in our trip were in fleeces and scarves and gloves. And we were in shorts and sandals and I had one shawl. So I must go back to Istanbul because I've seen lots of sights but you don't quite appreciate them the same when you're shivering no. and you're freezing cold. That's very true. But you see, now I do. I check out now before I go. <laughs> it was freezing, absolutely oh, freezing. Gosh. But good fun. Oh well, yes. I mean, I think even the worst holiday, when you look back on it, you can still enjoy laughing at the fact that it was such a bad holiday. Well, of course. <laughs> I remember one year we went to go and stay with almost every year, lived in Innsbruck in Austria. And I remember going there with all my summer clothes in <laughs> August and it snowed. Oh, oh no. Well, so I can understand what you mean about the You don't enjoy it the same, do you, when when you're not dressed correctly? No, you don't. Either too hot or too cold. You don't quite take it in as much. It's not, not quite the same. We want to hear about your trip to Vienna, Beryl. Oh, well, this, this, this is my Mills and Boone moment. <laughs> I went on one of my holidays that I go on by myself. 
this was, I was in my late 20s, early 30s, and I went to Vienna, and I love art, so I went to somewhere called the Belvedere Palace, which is an art gallery, to see Klimt's, the original of Klimt's painting of the kiss. It's the one which has sort of got lots of squares of gold and a woman's face in it. And as I was wandering around the gallery, out of the corner of my eye, I saw this, saw this rather nice tanned young man. And I noticed that wherever I went in the gallery... He was there in the gallery. And I thought, well, one of us has got to do something about this. So I dropped my all my guidebooks on the floor. And he came across and he said, can I help you, ma'am, in a wonderful American accent? And I went, oh, thank you so much. And he then said, shall we go for coffee? And we then spent the next week going round all the sites together and having romantic dinners and so on. So it was my great Mills and Moon moment. Lovely. Which was spoiled on the last day when I I came out in spots because I'd caught German measles from one of the... <laughs> I thought you were going to say, reader, I married him. No, no, because he was really not happy at the fact I had German measles. <laughs> I should think not. And that was the end of a beautiful friendship. Well, that's lovely. But it was my great Mills and Boone moment. Shirley Valentine. It was. I said it's our... TG's Shirley Valentine. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Um, well, talking about TG, we were supposed to be going up to Scarborough, weren't we, in, in, in June. And hopefully people will still go there when we go get the rearranged AGM. And I just wondered, in your minds, where you're travelling at the moment. I know, Helena, your mum is travelling in her mind, isn't she? Yeah, she's walking um, three peaks you know, clocking up her miles. Really? Um, how is she doing that? I think she's... How, like, how fast she's walking, and then it plot on the, the map how far you would have gone. So you kind of clock it all online, and then online they've got something that shows where you would have walked and that sort of thing. So that's quite a good idea. But you're doing something else as well, aren't you, Beryl? I am. I'm actually partway walking the South Down Way at the moment. There's a website which is called National Trails which is about all the national pathways, so like the Cleveland Way and so on. And it's got an interactive map. And again, what I'm doing, I've got a step counter. So each night I convert my steps to miles and work out how far along the map I would have got. It's a great idea. And I'm seeing Roman sites on the way, Steph. So it's... Um, Sounds good. It is, actually, because I'm quite limited. So which places? Well, there's a lot of Roman Britain down in the south, and it's Roman roads and remains of villas and things like that. So it's it, I'm looking up a bit about yeah. the history of the place, and it's quite nice, because here I'm limited to where I can walk, and I get a bit bored walking the same one each time. So in my mind, yeah. somewhere else. Well, I'm amazed how many paths we've managed to find from home. Originally, we were going out in the car and walking but of course when the government said you weren't to do that we've been setting off from home and I am just amazed at the number of variations we can right. do yeah you know it's it's brilliant really but it's but I'm not I'm not sitting down doing the maths like you at night I, I just have a sleep at night because <laughs> I'm exhausted from my seven mile walk you see <laughs> 
So that's my excuse. Yeah. We had a local man on the TV who'd gone up and down stairs. He'd got three flights of stairs in his house and he'd done enough to go up Everest. <laughs> wow. Which I thought was funny. Mm, it's not quite the same, is it? <laughs> no. I don't think he had snow or base camp. Well, that, that's the way I do it. At least he didn't get altitude yeah. sickness. The Discovery Awards that we've spoken about a lot in the magazine, that involves taking a journey and it does actually saying it but it doesn't have to be an actual journey it can be a virtual journey so <laughs> anybody doing the award could actually be thinking about doing that bit of it now they could they could i mean if you haven't looked at it it's worth having a look at the award because there's some interesting things to do in it and i'm sure you could do a lot of them at the moment when we can't do much else yes just plan for september plan for september ready for scarborough yep it'll be great i do like scarborough well, wherever the AGM is, I always incorporate it into a holiday. If it's on the south coast, we always then go across the water and have a month or six weeks in France or Spain or something. So I was very disappointed a few years ago when you had the AGM in Sheffield, <laughs> seeing as it's only 12 miles away. They weren't very good, that one, but the others have been okay. I remember the Sheffield one as being very hot. It was very hot, but you can't have a you can't take your motor home to Sheffield when it's only twelve miles away. No. <laughs> so in Scarborough, where were you thinking of staying around the Scarborough area? We're going to take the motor home and we're going to start in Scarborough for a few days and then go up the east coast, almost up to the the border with Scotland and yeah. then go across via Barnard Castle over towards the Lake District. Wonderful. And then over to the Wirral and Lancashire and come back home. Oh, that sounds delightful. And then, of course, all the campsites close down until at oh. least the end of June. Yeah. So I'm hoping we're going to be able to do that in September. That's my hope. Well, I have booked a cottage in Whitby. Being a southerner, it took me an awful long time. Oh, Whitby's fabulous. Yeah, and I just love it now, and I take every opportunity I can. Um, have you ever been anywhere up in the um, East Coast, Helena? I have been to Whitby once. I'm trying to think how far up that way I've been. Even though my dad's a geography teacher, my geography isn't wonderful. I think the furthest up there, we have family in Northumberland. Is that over that way? <laughs> yeah, that's further north. That's yeah. that side, isn't it? <laughs> Um, yeah. Yes, that's we've correct. got family up there, so we beautiful coastline. Yeah, we try to get up there like once a year to see them. We've got really young little cousins, so that's nice. I think all of this going on will change our the way in which we holiday as well for a while and make more use of what we have on our doorstep as well and exploring the country more, which will be nice. Um, you know, until we're allowed further afield because we can take the dog as well then which is nice that's true you know be able to put everything in the car and just go a bit like you with your motorhome yeah. i suppose steph you can put everything in can't you and you can just go where you want to which is a lovely idea yeah and if you like it you can stay yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i think we're going to find air travel is going to take quite a while to get back to normal i think so and i think it will be even when it is back up and running it won't be normal for quite a while, I think, won't it? No. It'll be, you know, the way in which we have to pass through an airport and the way in which we sit on a plane. And it will all be quite different. But, I mean, you know, as somebody that doesn't really like flying anyway, <laughs> hopefully oh, they... Uh, yeah, see, I, I love the holiday. It's, you um, don't like the getting there. there? Don't like the getting there, Beryl. No, as, as, as soon as I touch down, I'm fine. <laughs> right. But, uh, have you been on be the interesting. channel? Yeah, I have done that. Yeah, that's not so bad. I think you just pretend you know you're on. You kind of just think you're on a train. Don't think about being under the water. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I would like to obviously go and visit family, and that's going to be difficult. But I was thinking of, of perhaps going by train, and it will be going back to when I was 15. Because when I was 15, my sister and myself went to Austria on the train completely by ourselves without our parents. And so it will sort of be taking me back. But we won't have the ferry bit in between, which would be nice being on, on, in going through the tunnel. But I, I quite like train travel. I don't know about what you others think, but I quite like sitting watching the countryside. Yeah, I agree. One of like favourite memories, I suppose, from travelling is when I was in my second year of university. We'd just finished, so this would have been, yeah, second year of university um, in the summer holidays. And I bought, uh, me and my friend bought an interrail ticket. Oh, yeah. So we did about a month travelling around Europe on an interrail ticket. I mean, we planned it all out first. So, you know, we got the map and we planned where we were going to go and how many nights we'd stay in each place. And at the time, I worked for the Hilton Hotel train. So we uh, managed to use my staff discount to stay in Hilton hotels rather than hostels. (laughs) So we were paying £20 a night to stay in Hilton hotels, which was wonderful. And one thing that I really miss about about working yeah. for a hotel chain is of course the amazing discounts that you get but we had yeah. we had the best time other than the one part of the journey was a night train so we had to get a night train which passed through Bratislava and oh, ended God. up in Krakow in Poland and we thought we booked a cabin for the two of us and we got on the train and it was a there was six beds in this room, like a three mm. high bunk beds. Yeah. We thought, oh gosh, what have we done here? Obviously the language barrier, we didn't really know what we'd booked. We were winking it the whole time. And um yeah. luckily we were in there with four other English girls and um then ended up on that trip sort of staying together on part of the trip, which was really lovely. Oh, so that, that amazing train journeys to do across Europe. Yeah, I love it. You were very lucky. I worked hard for the ticket as well, Steph. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. very lucky sharing with four English people. Oh, yeah. Oh, it could have been. We heard all sorts of horror stories. I went on an overnight train from Moscow to Leningrad, St. Petersburg. Unfortunately, we'd gone with two friends. A chap at my school organised mm-hmm. the trip, so we knew just about everybody on the trip. And because we were in a four, yeah. we got a compartment with four beds in. But anybody who'd gone who was on their own yeah. were just dotted all around the train. And I remember this guy, Ron, said he shared with three big Russians, you know, two men and a woman for the night. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you just think, mm, I'm lucky. We were very lucky there were four of us. <laughs> like you say, you know, the language barrier, especially in Russia, you know, would yeah. have been very strange indeed. But a good experience. Yeah, I definitely. Think, I think that's what the fun of it is. Not that we it? got much yeah, sleep, but yes. But I think, don't they have one of those parts? For oldies as well. Uh, who are you talking about now, Beryl? Yes. As a pensioner, can you not get one of those? I think you, you yeah, can now. Something, but, sure uh, you can. Perhaps... Yeah, I mean, the, the ticket I travelled on was a student well, one. They, they must do a, another version I'm sure of they that. do a pensioner one. Because, and perhaps that's the way forward. Perhaps we're all going to be on trains going round Europe instead of trains. <laughs> Maybe. Well, it's a good way to see mm. things as well, isn't it? You know, you get to see watch the yeah. world go by um do you like city breaks both of you yeah yeah oh yes what, what have been your favorite cities to go to 
Oh, that's a good question. I, I love Toronto. Yeah. Toronto is a good one. We did that as part of a, a mm. bigger trip. You know, we sort of did city yeah. hopping in Canada and America. That was lovely. And because I didn't really realise how much it was like on the water right. either and the waterways there and how you could get across to the little islands. Yeah. That was fantastic. That wasn't it. It was the first, the first city on that oh, trip right. as well. So I think you just overwhelmed by everything aren't you at the beginning when you first land somewhere but no we loved it there that was a really nice one how about you Beryl Venice without a doubt Mm. every few steps you take there's another bit of history in front of you and you've got the water taxis to go all around the little islands Mm. and I just find the place absolutely fascinating and I don't think it matters how many times you go you've never seen everything lots of corners to turn there isn't there yes lots very easy to get lost but also I mean I know it's plane trouble but from here I'm very lucky I can go to East Midland Airport which is half an hour away and fly to Treviso and then get a bus from Treviso to Venice so I can actually get there for a very reasonable cost which is good but I even if it cost me the earth I'd still want to go what about you, Steph? What what city do you think you enjoyed most? I love a city break. I've done a lot, a lot of cities. And because I like looking at artwork, Berlin was very, very good. Right. The museums and the things to see in Berlin, I really enjoyed. And also, the first time I went to Berlin, we went on one of these walking tours. Yeah. And the guide was from Yorkshire. Her knowledge was fantastic and she really opened it up for us, you know? Yeah. And so we've been back sort of three or four times, but we're a bit like you. We're near Doncaster Airport. Now, Doncaster doesn't fly to many places, but it does go to Eastern Europe. And we had a fabulous trip to Vilnius in Lithuania and it was practically nothing because it's so cheap when you get there. And they've got fantastic museums and, and art galleries. And, and, of course, there are no tourists there. Right. So you go around the museum and there's like you and four yeah. others. You can see everything they've got to offer. But I love cities. I just think there's always something to do. Definitely. You know, as opposed to, as we said earlier, you know, lying on a beach. Who wants to do that? No, I must admit. I... So, yeah, give me any city. Yeah. I don't care where it is. I've been to Venice. You know, I love Venice. Yeah. It's And as you say, it's very easy to get there now, isn't it? Because the bus turns up to meet the plane, doesn't it? It does, and you can even buy your bus ticket on the plane. I know. (laughs) And then get your five-day cheaper when you get there. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. I bought that in this country online before I went and just picked it up in Venice and got a discount. I mean, the internet, although people do criticise it, it is very useful when you're doing holidays. It's very, very useful because you can check out the hotel and the travel. Helena, you won't be old enough to remember traveller's checks, will you? Do I remember traveller's checks? No. I know I've heard of them, but I don't think I've ever had to use one. No. Because in the good old days... When you didn't have bank cards and things, you had to anticipate how much money you'd need and take it with you. And if you didn't want to carry a lot of cash, then you carried these checks that you could you could cash in banks there. I was mugged in Madrid and my traveller's checks were stolen. Really? But I tell you what, I found up Thomas Cook and they spoke to me, you know, really gently. Are you all right? You know, uh, how are you feeling? So I felt a lot better. And then they said to me, if you go to this place tomorrow, yeah, they'll be replaced. 
So it was fantastic. It was good service. Wow. You know, really, really good. But, That's amazing. But also, they were a pain to get check, to get cashed, weren't they? I remember in Poland, they were, in because... Warsaw, trying to cash them in the bank. And we were there for like an hour, pushed from pillar to post, yeah. because nobody knew how to change them. So... I mean, it's much easier today, isn't it? It is a lot easier. It's easier to spend more money as well because you just put the card down. (laughs) But I also remember when we had a limit on the amount we were allowed to take abroad. And I believe at one point it was... Yes, £50. £50. And I remember my father, he used to get us to hide banknotes in our cameras because nobody would open your camera to look in it (laughs) and we drove abroad and so he needed petrol money so I'm afraid we used to smuggle money in our cameras (laughs) but I think it was something that a lot of people did. Do you remember Beryl when if you travelled to Italy by car you could buy a petrol voucher in Britain before you went and there were you then went to a a place in wherever. Yeah. I remember we had to go south of Naples yeah. with this voucher and they converted it into petrol coupons. Yeah. So you got a reduced rate at yeah. the petrol pump because the petrol was so expensive yeah. in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good old days. Oh, eh? well, you know, it's like a totally different <laughs> world, isn't it? Petrol coupons. It really is. Yes, Completely different. I wonder where we're going to be going in sort of 50 years' time and what will be happening then, or will we? Will will the climate... Well, not all. Well, no, not me. But what to do with the climate mean? They might be going to the moon or... Yeah. Uh, will will these restrictions still hold in place? Because it's been so much better for pollution without having all the travel. I mean, do you, True. No, will we still have? I think people will get back to what they were. Right. Because there are places like they would. Uh, it was about the Galapagos. They were saying that they're going to strictly limit how many people are allowed to go there because of the damage it's doing. And people can go there virtually through... Well, they do anyway, don't they? Yeah, they're going to restrict it even more, apparently. Well, I've actually been to the Galapagos. Right. And it was absolutely amazing. The animals... Years ago, I used to think, why would anybody go on a holiday to see animals? Yeah. And then we went with some friends on a holiday where there was a safari... And I have been completely hooked since then. But right. when you go to the Galapagos, and I, I like sort of bird watching, but I'm not very good at it. But in the Galapagos, the birds just sit there. Because there are strict rules where you can walk, you, you can see a bird with a chick or a bird sitting on an egg, and they don't move. They wow. sit there while you take their photograph. That's it, incredible. It's really good. And we went to quite a few islands, and we went to one island, and the chap, the guide said, and there are all these iguanas here. And I said to my husband, well, where are they? And I didn't realise the black rocks were like 300 iguanas just sitting there. And they just just watch you go past. Right. And we went on a a boat for a week through to different islands. And at night we used to have a pelican who slept in the nets on the boat. So you got up and... you just stood at the side of it and it took, took no notice. But they're very, very strict when you go in. Your luggage, you can't take much luggage, but the sniffer dogs right. go through all the luggage to check that people aren't bringing plants and foodstuffs in. Yeah. But then you see terrible programmes of all the plastics and things, don't you? Well, you do. So it is, it, it's a brilliant place, but it's, you know, unless we do something to change the way we are, 
they're in difficulties. Yes. It won't be there well, for a lot of that. generations. That's the yeah. trouble. Yeah. I, I Don't they do that when you go and see the penguins now? Don't you have to wear special clothing and you're, you have to bring oh, back... Oh, I don't know. Um, I seem to remember a talk at TG about it. That they're very strict with that now as well. But that sounds a really memorable holiday. That sounds absolutely incredible. It was fabulous. I've never seen animals like it, ever. No. You know, just not moving. <laughs> um, Helena, have you been somewhere that's really memorable, that it just stands out totally in your mind? Uh, last year, we were fortunate to go to Barbados. And I think the one thing for me was I never believed that the water... Right was as clear and blue as it was on the internet. Wow. And then you get there, and it is as clear and blue <laughs> as it is on the internet. And I still yeah. now, I mean, we're fortunate that we're going back at the end of this year all being well. But the And we're taking some friends who have, all, have said the same, you know, is it really as blue as it looks? Is it really that clear? We think, yes, it is. And it's, I will always it's remember real. just walking out thinking, oh, my gosh, this hasn't been Photoshopped. Yeah. This, is, this is real. This is actually what it looks like, and it is this beautiful and such a calm place as well my gosh they know how to live so yeah that's my standout in recent years definitely oh, that sounds brilliant what that about your worst travel oh well i think that night train going through bratislava right the 12 hours of constant movement that was pretty bad yeah in terms of i mean oh. we didn't have a mattress oh, it dear. was just a wooden plank as such that was mm. That was pretty uncomfortable. I bruised ribs when like, when we when we got there because it had been you know up and down. Very old train. But then but then I've had bad experiences flying. And for somebody that doesn't like flying, we had a very bad crossing That's to bad. Florida, and it was the first time I'd ever flown mm. without my parents. So me and my best friend flew over to America together. Right. It was our 18th birthday, and the plane dropped so heavily. <gasps> that our seatbelts came off and the air hostesses weren't very no. well. So you think if they're poorly, something's really wrong if they're feeling ill. So And that was on the way out as well. So coming home, we were getting on the plane thinking, we don't want to get back on. I don't want to go. But that, oh, that, no. was, that was pretty nasty. But we hit no. storms and all sorts, so it was dreadful. What about you, Steph? What was your worst travelling experience? I can't really think of one, Beryl. I mean... I always think, well, there's always a positive slant, whatever happens. Yeah. Something that was really dreadful. But uh, years ago, we used to have a trailer tent and we were going across to France for six weeks because being a teacher, being a teacher, we used to go on the Sunday after school finished for the summer holidays and come back on the Friday before school started on the following Monday. And we used to have a friend, he was a single chap, and he worked at the same school as me, and he used to come on holiday with us for the six weeks. And off we went uh, Sunday afternoon, and we were going to get the midnight crossing over to France. And it used to be a line called the Sally Line. And they used to do a very nice meal. So the plan was to go on the midnight crossing, have this very nice meal, get to France the next day and have six weeks. And of course... We never planned where we were going to go. We just used to drive off, and if we liked it, we stopped, and if we didn't like it, we moved on. So we went down to Dover, and on the outskirts of Dover, we stopped to fill up with petrol, because in those days it was cheaper in Britain. 
And when we set off again, I said to yeah. my husband, I can hear a noise at the back. So I drove the car and my husband laid on the pavement listening and he said, there's a strange noise coming from the trailer. <laughs> so he said, well, we'll go to we'll go to the port and we'll phone the RAC. So this is what we did. So we got to Dover with this growling at the back and we phoned the RAC and eventually a chap came out and he said to us, now we've got a trailer tent, okay? He said, have you had this tent serviced? So I said, serviced? Why would you have? It's it's a tent in a box. Why would it be serviced? And he said, it's Eastern German, it's East German and it has a fully sort of hydraulic braking system. And what's happening, the brakes are getting locked on. You need to go to a brake place. Oh, now, it's, wow. it's Sunday afternoon. He said, there is a place in Dover that will be open in the morning. So we said, well, we're obviously not going to cross the channel tonight. So we went into the office and they said, no problem, you can go on a, a crossing tomorrow. But remember, we're going to eat on the boat. We've had nothing to eat all day. And it's now like nine o'clock at, well, eight o'clock at night. So we decide we'd better go into Dover. So we leave the trailer behind and we drive to Dover where we get a puncture. So we now have to change the wheel and do all this kind of thing. And when we get into Dover, there is nowhere open. So it's back to the port and now we've got to sleep in the car, three of us. Okay, so we spend the night in the car and the next morning we hitch the trailer back up and we go up to this brake place and he says, I'm not touching that, it's Eastern European. He said, I didn't look inside there. I don't know what I might find. So we're now stuck in Dover with a six-week holiday. So my husband says, blow it, we're going across the channel. At least if we break down on the other side, we're on holiday. So we get a ferry and we go across to France. And we spent six weeks in France and the trailer was not one bit of trouble, despite wow. the fact that every time we had to move, we were frightened to death that something was going to happen. Yeah. And the little thing, bless it, went all the way for six weeks, gave us a fabulous holiday. And the first thing we did when we came back was get it serviced. And we had it serviced <laughs> every year after that. And the garage said yeah. to us, did you not realise it had a proper braking system? We said, no, we just thought it was a tent in a box. Well, so that was a scary. But we've, never, but we've never had a bad one, really, because you just look back no. on it and you laugh, don't you? Because, yeah. you know, my husband, oh, I'll just get across the channel, we'll be fine. And we yeah. were. Ish. <laughs> Ish, yeah. What about you, Beryl? I've never had a bad one. No, I've never had a bad one, but I had a funny one. I went to stay with a friend in Brussels. And because it was half term, the easiest thing to do was fly. So I went down to Heathrow and it was a scheduled flight I was getting. And it was first thing Monday morning. So we went to check in and there were all these businessmen with, with the briefcases. And there was a Welsh male voice choir. <laughs> and they'd never been out of Wales before. So we got to the departure lounge and they were like little children bouncing up and down, all these men in their 60s and 70s. <laughs> and when it came to boarding the plane, all 
were ready to go in and they all got on the plane and they each sat at a window. They didn't realise that they had numbers, numbered seats and had to sit in And there were all these businessmen going in saying, excuse me, I think you're sitting in my seat. Um, and I'd got a window seat because I like a window seat. But I said to the Welshman sitting next to me, have you travelled in a plane before? And he said, no. And I said, well, you... You stay in that seat. So they proceeded to sing all the way to Brussels. No. Much to the businessmen's disgust. <laughs> and when we got off the plane at the end of it, I was crying with laughter because it was just the funniest trip I've ever had. But they were the most delightful people in the world. And I, I wouldn't have missed it for anything. What is it with people who don't sit in the numbered seat? <laughs> yes. Every flight that you go on, it's either yours <laughs> or somebody else. You hear them saying, uh, excuse me, that's my seat. Oh, oh, yeah. And I think, why don't people read the ticket? Yeah. Or are they just trying, you yeah. know, pulling a fast one? And it's the same on know. trains. <laughs> the same on trains. Don't get me started. You know, Please sit where you should oh, sit. Yeah. Yeah, and please sit down around. quickly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, laugh. That's the worst thing yeah. about air travel. Yeah. Oh. Well, it is. As I said, I, I made this group of friends and they invited me to their concert in Brussels. Um, have you made any friends with going on holiday ever? Yeah, we have done. Mainly when we were younger, though, that, you know, you keep in touch for a few years yeah. or, you know, you might connect on facebook or something you know to keep in touch yeah but it's mainly for us it's mainly yeah. being like family that we'd never met before that we'd go and visit and then we've kept in touch since that sort of thing which is nice yeah well that's nice so, yeah there's a there's a few i can think of but i think that it's easier now though isn't it you know when even i suppose being you know 28 it's even when we were younger you would you wouldn't keep in touch via social media or anything like that. So no, it's, it's changed now, isn't it? It's a lot easier to keep in touch with people. Oh, definitely. And I with TG at the moment, I'm finding that very useful because I am keeping in touch with a lot of people on Facebook at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I find hard at the moment that I can't meet my TG friends and meet other members around the country. Yeah, hopefully it won't be too many more weeks. You know, maybe in July some meetings might be able to start back up again. Well, fingers crossed, because I, I, I do miss it, even though... I think TG has yeah. been a real bonus for a lot of ladies, because in our, in our own groups, people, you know, keep checking up on each other. Yes. And, you know, people who you might not even speak to normally, they're, they're phoning round to yeah. see that people are OK. And I think that's part of the TG yeah. ethos, really, isn't it? Friendship. Yes, I think it is. And still had letters and emails and things in to TGHQ from members telling us about what they're doing at the moment and suggesting ideas for other people now that we're in lockdown. Excellent. Um, and one of them is a lot of people are journal keeping. And I don't know about you, but I always keep a holiday journal. And I, I put in it where I did, where I went, what I did. And I did put things in it like tickets and, oddly enough, boarding passes. Oh, yes, because I always keep passes, them. Yeah, they've changed a lot over the years. They have. They? They have. Yes. And you know what I miss as well is getting the stamps. Yes. I miss having a proper stamp in my passport. Oh, yes, I agree. My old ones look fantastic, and then now it's all empty. And, you know, I think the last one I had 
was um wasn't actually a flight it was a boat crossing in where was i i was going from split to havar in yeah. croatia and they stamp it with a boat stamp so they stamp oh. you've got like a little boat in my passport but that that was on that european trip right um, so that's a long time ago that's the last stamp i've had i'd quite like to have had more it used to be nice i, I remember when they they opened all the borders in europe and you didn't even have border crossings anymore you're just driving along the road and you were in another country and it didn't feel right somehow you felt the border made a difference to your well i can remember traveling in europe and having to to take all these different currencies you had to work out how long you were going to be there didn't you and carry, yes. you know, so oh, we're yeah. crossing up to Belgium, so we better have some Belgium yeah. francs, mm-hmm. and then we'll need some French money, and we might nip through Luxembourg, and, yeah. oh, dear. I mean, the euro has made that a lot easier, but I miss the nice pretty notes and things. Yeah, and the coin. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 My dad's got a box that he keeps old foreign money yeah. in, which is quite nice to look at, you know, from uh, that he's had all his life loads of different types of things you know the odd coin or note Mm. or something that's not in um, circulation anymore oh yes it's nice I I went on a school trip to Paris when I was in primary school and I've actually got the franc still that we had um I this was in the late 50s and it was post-war the coins were really light do you remember those French coins Steph yes and they used to have the little... They were as light as a feather. A little, like a little sixpence. It was beautiful. That's right. <laughs> it yeah. was. I think yeah. I had one made Amazing. into a necklace. <clears throat> right. But they were lovely. I read in the paper yesterday that there's something like £3 billion equivalent worth of foreign currency in Britain in people's drawers and bags and things like that that they've not handed in it well, might it might have been three million but it was a certainly a big amount of money it is and there, there are some charities who are desperate and you can take any remaining currency you have and donate it to the charity yes desperate and for it's it. something that our guild did at one point actually collecting up people's spare foreign change and we gave it to a local charity which is to do with blindness very good so uh, it's something that uh, people are having a sort out the moment they could think of doing that yes they could the thing i take on holiday now i have a i have a prepaid card so i can load it with pounds and i can use it like a bank card but it means that if my card is cloned or stolen i only lose the money i've got loaded on the card good idea and that's very useful great idea I'd like to say thanks to Steph and Helena for joining me today and hopefully it won't be too long till we actually see you really rather than through a screen. So thanks, Steph. Thanks very much, Beryl. It's been brilliant. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. And Helena, thank you very much. It's been great talking to you as well today. You too, Beryl. Really interesting conversation. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Take care. That's all we have time for today. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and there's something you can take away from it too. We'd encourage you to leave a review of our podcast and you can do that via your podcast provider and also, of course, give us a five-star rating. As always, if you'd like to find more about TG, please visit 
www.the-tg.com. You can also get in touch via our Facebook page, Talking Towns Women Podcast. Until next time, thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of Talking Towns Women. Thank you.